0: Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of the Articulate Fly, and we're back with another East Tennessee Fishing Report with Ellis Ward. How you doing, Ellis?
1: I'm doing good, Marvin. How are you?
0: As always, I'm trying to stay out of trouble, and I guess the good news is, you know, in most parts of the Mid-Atlantic, it's been cool, but there's no water. And so things are starting to kind of get sideways a little bit earlier than we would normally expect. But you're on a tailwater, so you probably don't necessarily have that flow problem, right?
1: yeah it's actually been I mean, the, the South holston for the last two days has been releasing um for the first time in months many months and to to the point where it was it was pretty muddy and uh, that's just an interesting observation because they that that river uh, relative to the Watauga it just doesn't have many tributaries. So to see it muddy like that just from release is, you know, all the sediment that's settled on the banks in the last number of months um, is getting kicked up. So the TVA has their algorithms of when they release and the lake at the bottom the versus the lakes, South Holston and the Watauga, um at the tops of their respective rivers. And... It's nice to be getting getting some good water.
0: Yeah. So, how does that translate? Because you've been having really unseasonably cool evenings. What does it translate to on the water?
1: It it translates to uh, a a change in. We'll just we we'll, we'll use the example of the a typical dry fly shelf, where or like a tail out where trout are going to be comfortable close enough to the surface to come up and eat but close enough to a drop off and to other structure to be protected and so if you just using the the south holston as an example you can't you can't float it when it's you know the 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 upper section from ramp to ramp you can do some inter ramp stuff and then the lower section too you can sort of scrape your boat across and paddle around and in the pools. Um, but that river goes from dozens of cubic feet per second maximum. It's sometimes pretty, pretty low. And it, when they're generating, it goes to 2,200. So it, it, it can take what would be hatchy conditions, buggy conditions and, and, turn it into absolutely nothing, no bugs coming off sometimes it shifts it most of the time it does shift it until later um but an, another thing to look out for and the Otaga you can float the whole river on low water and but it does it goes from two hundred and forty c f s to seventeen hundred c f s and so it 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 really it's it's ten times the volume, so it um it changes. The layout of the river it changes where those dry fly shells are um it it there's enough moving water over the areas where it's buggy or hatchy um in low water, and so the the low light times, which includes the morning can be a great time to predictably get the same type of bugs or same type of hatches but but when you get those. Some cloudy days, and we have betas that go off year round, and you know sulfurs, PMDs, and caddis. You know Tan Caddis and Watauga famous for the big stuff, but there's so many bugs, and and when you get consistent flows, so it's not just these little pulses, but you're getting a regular amount of generation over days. The bugs get used to it i haven't really seen that they're quite there yet but I've, I've seen on some more overcast days and you think about the the good blue wing days in the winter where it's all overcast and um you know midday you can get good hatches so that's that's happening with the uh, you know low light and mornings and and evenings but also on the the cloudier days and high water um we're, we're getting some great hatches of you know the the three main mayflies and and the caddis but day to day it's you know it's just it's going out on the water with with a plan kind of for for everything recognizing that you might not see what you saw the day before given the same conditions and you know with the TVA and changing conditions you you might not get the water you were expecting or it could be delayed so flexibility and you know the ability to do a lot of different stuff is is important but um great great windows can be found if you're out there long enough
0: and i guess the trick right is as we kind of get into the dog days of summer the conditions and the flows are going to become a little bit more consistent cuz the TVA i mean they do you know they're moving water for flood control, but they really want to generate electricity, right?
1: Yes, and on the Watauga, they they want to generate income for the recreational rafting. Is really what I see as the um, the the downstream. Sorry for the pun. The the downstream impact of the. The recreational release, so between Memorial Day and Labor Day from 1 to 5 p.m. every day, um, aside from Sundays, as a minimum, the Watauga is generating, which for both streamers and for dry flies, you, you think about fish, fish who are holding in bigger current and are coming up and eating their their blinders are a bit more on there's they're less um they can't feel a boat in the middle of a flat when the water's up as much as they can when the water's down and you know afternoons evenings you don't have as much of the the, the typical guide pressure that's very much present at high noon um but yeah that you know the electricity the the uh recreational releases, as they call them, and in big water on Saturdays goes up to thirty-three hundred. Is you know, nothing's nothing guaranteed in life, but it's it's on the TVA schedule um, until Labor Day, so it is nice to have that as a, a known since there are so many unknowns. Um, and then you know, like I said, with South Holston starting there. Or that, that dam starting to release a little bit more and just looking at lake levels, um, you know, pressures off the Watauga a little bit and and the fish appreciate it. So things are nice and happy.
0: Yeah, I guess we should probably stay away from talking about known and unknown unknowns, right?
1: Uh, do, if we want to talk about weather, I'm, I'm almost certain that we're not going to have any more freezing temperatures.
0: Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, we've got a really <laughs> we've got an interesting question for you from, uh, your friends at the Clemson fly fishing club, and they wanted to get your thoughts on the difference between targeting big Browns versus targeting stripers in Tennessee rivers.
1: Sure. So I, I would say that there's, uh, I would, I'm going to, categorize it and um, maybe we're going to try to stay to three when the water's really big and off color and that that's when tributaries are sort of blown out and when it's chocolate milk it can just be tough it, it, it can be tough because you can't see structure that you're casting towards you might be getting hung up um, you can't see your fly, and it's a lot of, for, for those fish, generally speaking, especially when the water's off like that, you want something with a big profile. And when the water is up and off like that, the margins are, so the the edges of the river, um, not necessarily banks, but we know log jams. I, I've caught some very nice striper fishing the exact same way I would be fishing for Browns sizing up a little bit. I, I think that becomes a little less important, but in those conditions where the visibility is so bad, putting something in with, with a big profile, um, you know, just from experience, is that that's when you're getting reactions from the fish that are out there hunting in that way. And and these are striper holding on the bank next to a log jam, just like a Brown trout would be. And so, so there's that where it's, it's almost a, it doesn't really make sense to be fishing anywhere else because the ability to get a presentation with a fly in ripping water like that. And that's a time for a striper to be eating. They, they get, they start to get real picky and real spooky to the point where they're generally not eating outside of off color water with, some degree of inclement weather cloud cover just doesn't really cut it um but when you do start getting that and it's not blown out conditions the biggest difference is and not that you can't target brown trout this way but the biggest difference i would say is it, fishing mid-seam or mid-current and targeting areas um of depth with with more of a a swinging approach or, uh, I mean, I've, I've caught some counting down clousers, uh, casting it way upstream with really heavy and quick sinking line and finding the bottom and getting hung up and, you know, snapping a couple clausers of clousers off, but getting that count down in, and, and then just basically moving it, you know, finding where I'm not hanging up and moving it where I know it's almost on the bottom. Um, I would never fish for brown trout like that. Not that they wouldn't be holding down there, but that, that big current, you know, and that's something that I, I took away from a lot of fishing in the DC area before I moved here, that big current. And it's almost like a rainbow trout, you know, eating bugs in a current seam. They're going to be holding there in a, a more, um, consistent, Way over time, both in low and in high water, you can see them in low water if you're out and you're looking down, and you know they'll they'll scurry off, but you know where they are, and so the ability to to see that and fish to them in different conditions or at night, um, the, yeah, the the approach is can be something that looks um, the basically the opposite of what you do for brown trout. And then you know that, that said using the first example it's it, they they can be holding up if if the water is that off color they, they can be holding up on the sides of the banks and then the other one which is more of a eh, there's not much of a difference is going out and fishing at night and at that point be it with mouses or Dahlbergs or Gurglers, you know, mousing is extremely effective. It it shouldn't be limited to just mice. Um, you, you can fish top water, period. And so to do that for the striper, sort of mid mid current mid river, um, and especially as you get down near the lake where you, you'll get injured shad floating near the surface, that can be an effective way to target them. That that again, sort of, I wouldn't say flies in the face of how I fish for brown trout, but it's definitely not the exact same
0: approach. Uh, Got it. And, uh, you know, folks, we love questions at the articulate fly, and you love questions too, right, Ellis? i do <laughs> and uh so you can email them to us you can dm us on social media whatever easiest for you and if we use your question i will send you some articulate fly swag and then we've got an awesome drawing from ellis at the end of the season for two days of fishing with him in a row and a night at the rotaga river lodge so folks send in your questions because if you don't play you can't win and ellis before i let you go uh, you want to let folks know where they can find you so they can book in fish with you
1: sure um instagram is at ellis ward guides and the easiest way to contact and ask questions book a trip is um getting me on my cell phone call or text
0: at 513-543-0019 uh well there you go well listen folks you owe it to yourself to get out there and catch a few tight lines everybody tight lines ellis
1: appreciate it marv